0: Now that I've kind of settled into my niche, and I'm, I know I've been in that kind of industry, business industry for a long time. Like I pretty much command respect at like negotiations. Yeah. Because I'm like, dude, like I know one of you, you are probably gonna say all the throw these racial things all up side of my head, which I don't care, and we're still gonna beat you. You
1: know. Yeah, so- <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Welcome to the Millennials and Money podcast. The podcast dedicated to encourage millennials to continue to make wise decisions with their money. We find some of the best ways to learn is through stories. So each week, your host and wealth advisor, Payne Boyer, invites a millennial guest on the show to share their money story. Thanks for tuning in and enjoy the show. So this week, I have a very special guest. I have Miss Kalea Kirkland. Say hello, Kalea. Hi. So Kalea, I'm going to allow you in a second to introduce yourself. But before I do that, I'm going to talk about how you and I know each other. So Kalea, you run a law a law office out of um out of a mentor out of a property that a mentor of mine owns. And he was saying, you know, he knows what I do for a living. He's, he knows I work with a lot of business owners. He said, hey, there's a business attorney who's renting the office upstairs. You have to go meet her and connect with her. I think we first met at your it was your um your grand yep. your, 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 house. your open house. Yeah. Yeah. And that was really cool. I got to meet you. It turns out we didn't grow up too far from each other as far as being in the Sacramento area, the high school we went to. I'm sure we know some of the same people. But we just kind of connected right off the bat because, you know, you work with a lot of business owners as far as a business attorney. in yep. I work with a lot of business owners from a financial planning perspective. It's a natural fit. I guess we've been keeping in touch and being friends ever since.
0: Yeah, that so, was pre, pre-COVID.
1: Yeah, that was pre-COVID <laughs> when we... we so Kalera is actually in the in the... Melinda's Money Studio, Well, she's masked up and she's been <laughs> recently tested. But, but yeah, that was pre-COVID. It was a different world for you kids out there who are listening to this years in the future. We used to actually hang out with each other back then. <laughs> right. We used to have open houses for buildings, but I digress. So um, that's as far as you and I go back. So tell people about what you do for a living, who you are, where a little bit about yourself and how you got started.
0: So... Um... I am a business attorney here in Sacramento, um, but I service all of California and I have a securities law practice and it's from all over the United States. Um, Let's see, I was licensed in 2016. Um, I took the bar on my own, so I did not have a bar review course and I just kinda, just all the materials I had, when I was studying for school, I just took that and, you know, it took me two tries. But, you know, the second time is the charm. Um, and so I went to Lincoln Law School here in Sacramento and now in Sac State. And then for high school, I went to Sheldon. Um, I grew up in a small business family. My dad started our family business when I was 11. I was OK. I'm dating myself. But <laughs>
1: 1996. OK, so that, we're <laughs> going to happen. That's perfect. You're kind of going right. In correlation with uh, my next question, this my this podcast is about money, and I find a lot of times people's overall views on money and concepts around money are sculpted from a very young age, and that's kind of where those um those those um those cornerstones get put in place. Mm-hmm. Of course, they can always be changed throughout life, and different events and different different things can change that. But that's kind of where those that foundation gets put in place. So let's go there and talk about what was money like for you and your household growing up.
0: So when I was younger, my parents both had W-2 jobs. Mm -hmm. So it was a consistent paycheck, you know, uh, monthly or every two weeks. Um, But then when my dad started his business, it shifted. So my mom still worked her jobs, but then my dad had his business. And so it was pretty much um, whenever his work was done, he would send out an invoice and we would wait for a check. Mm-hmm. And so it got to the point to where his business got, got really, really, uh, really popping, And um, we went from having a consistent W-2 to having just waiting on checks. And yeah. so early on... I what kinda,
1: kind of business did your dad run?
0: It was an electrical contracting business. Okay. And so he was a, like a contractor to like train and Siemens and some other uh bigger named contractors. Um, but he had a specialty, he did controls. So um the controls as i understood it was um it controlled like he does bends the conduit pipes and runs the wires, but the controls kind of control the um like the system. So like uh the Elevator systems, the air system. So he was very specialized in what he did. Okay. And Uh, so,
1: niche marketing. Yeah. 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 I'm sure as a business attorney, you talked to a lot of people about developing a niche.
0: Yeah. And that, from what he told me, it was just kind of like one of those random things. It was just like, um, he was on the job and they were like, hey, or no. So he was at the hall and like a job came up and it was just like a controls job. And he would, I think I got this from him, but it's just kind of like mm, I don't know. I don't know if I know how to do it, but I'll figure it out. Yeah. I'll take the job, right? <laughs> and so he got on the job, like training and mentoring on how to do that. And so um, it it really was that not a lot of people did that type of electrical work. Yeah. And so um, that's how he was able to like build his business. Um, so um, when we moved to like this a straight like. Um, uh, entrepreneur lifestyle.
1: Yeah, we yeah. really
0: like learn to budget. Mm-hmm. So because you could get like a fifty thousand dollars check, but then your next project doesn't complete for the next three to four months.
1: So few and far between. The, yeah, so, and I think that's kind of you. I'm sure you you know it just like I do. As you build your business, that's how it starts out. Yeah, You're, and you gotta learn to make this last. Like it wasn't the and the Grasshopper. but like, yeah. <laughs> yeah.
0: You gotta make it last, you know. Um, and 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 also for like, as a kid, like in high school, you know, like everybody would get like their um, their school clothes yeah. every year and be ready in the summertime when school starts. And like there was times where our checks didn't arrive. Yeah. And so it was just like, mm, I'll get you a few little things, yeah. <laughs> but you got to wait till the next check comes. Yeah. So I remember being a kid like, oh, can I get, I'm going to go to the mailbox to check for the check.
1: Yeah.
0: <laughs> um, and so, but then like, you know, when it came in, we were able to go. So I'm like, you know, first day of school, I maybe wasn't super styling.
1: Give me a few weeks. Right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wait
0: till this check drop. It's a wrap. So, uh, <laughs> but I, and it just kind of shaped me to understand that, I don't wait on other people to give me money. Like, even if I've done work for someone, um, I don't wait for them to pay the invoice before I go out and get another project. You know, like, I just kind of try to have multiple streams of income and have things trickle in and try to learn how to budget, right? Yeah. Um, I call it hoarding. When you save money, you kind of just hoard the money and, you know, not spend it on anything. But then, so that's me. So I will do a bunch of work live on a very small budget and then once my like hoarding gets to uh, an amount that I feel like okay with, yeah. then I'm like, oh, okay, now I can spend money. Now I can buy this couch that I've been needing. I'm okay with sleeping on the uh, or uh, uh, by the bed. I'm okay with sleeping on the floor. Like, <laughs> like, you know, but it's just, you never want to put yourself in a position to where you don't have money coming in.
1: And I'm big on you. You say Budgeting, I call it a money purpose plan. I'm big on right off the bat understanding my client's values and my own values before it comes to my household and spending money with within things that I value. And to me, it sounds like you know the business is what you value. Mm-hmm. So you you were okay with taking less here. For me, I need a bed, but in your case <laughs> taking not have the bed so you can continue right. to spend the money in things that matter to you, which mm-hmm. is building your business. Yeah. And I think that sounds like that That's you learned that at a young age, just from seeing, you know, peaks and valleys as you were growing up uh, with your dad being a business owner.
0: Mm-hmm. You know, some days we were eating uh, steak and eggs and some days we were eating Top Ramen. With
1: eggs. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I appreciate you sharing that, you know. So for those of you guys date, there's a lot of top ramen flavors. So for real. And, and, you, and you know you become you learn love <laughs>
0: You become chef, uh, chef, whatever your name is, making a spread, the spread <laughs> on those and top ramen.
1: Yeah, you, you are, add, add some steak in there. Add, yep. Add some, add, add <laughs> a, you would put a fried egg on everything at some point. I didn't
0: even know you could boil an egg until I saw my dad put an egg in the top ramen yeah. pot. I was like, you're boiling the noodles. <laughs> okay, well come on then.
1: There you go, man. And that's that that's how it is as a business owner. You know, it's easy, and I'm sure you see it a lot to get consumed with the business where you let other stuff go by the wayside. Okay. And you got but it's I'm really big on people making sure they take time for themselves, you know. Oof. And like I, I have a client, I don't want to say his name, but he, let's just call him John. Mm-hmm. I'm saying we you know, we gotta schedule a John week yeah. once a, once a year. This year, John week, you're not worried about the business, you're not mm-hmm. worried about your year. Your, uh, your other things. This is for you to take some time and go enjoy John. Right. Because it's so easy to forget about, about ourselves, especially as business owners. Yeah. Being consumed.
0: Yeah, you can get so focused in that. I know, like, for myself, I have an issue with taking time for me um, mm-hmm. and investing squarely in me. Um, mm-hmm. I would rather spend my last dime on my business than spend it on me or spend the time on my business. And I have, a, I have anxiety, so like, instead of... Um, searching for, like, perfection and pleasing mm-hmm. people, it's, I, I kind of succumb to the anxiety, and that kind of pushes me, yeah. so when you should be taking a break, I'm working, when I should be, like, um, when I've gotten to the point to where, like, brain don't work no more, yeah. I'm gonna, like, nope, gotta push, gotta We got something left in there, you yeah. know, so, but now as I get older, and I have less young Kalea energy, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I have learned that my how to re-energize is taking that time for yourself.
1: It's so important to yeah. take that time and just re, I'm big on meditation, you know. I I started seeing acupuncture. It's just you hear her, her episode at some point in the future, but <laughs> she's changed my life and take and does invest in myself. It's not cheap, mm-hmm. but you know I needed to to be the best me. Yeah. And I think that it comes down to realizing that to be the best you you gotta take some breaks. Right. And yeah. invest in yourself to make yourself better so you're better for your clients. Yeah. And just the people around your family.
0: Yeah. And I've also tapped into like um therapists. Mm-hmm. Like sometimes there's just like challenges in your business that is really difficult for you to try to overcome. You're not seeing, or your perspective is one way and it needs to change. And um just we don't have any, like, like, you don't need any, like, mental issues, per se, to talk to a therapist, but I talk to one on occasion to kind of, like, work me through, like, different challenges, like, if I've been seeing clients left and right, and I'm just really frustrated because um, maybe they're not understanding what I'm saying, or I feel like I keep answering the same question, like, what is going on, or even just dealing with opposing counsel, because other attorneys are, can be a pain in the butt, so it's, like, how do you, How do you function in a high conflict um, area of business 24 7 you know what i mean yeah. like i was like i don't look I, i'm an attorney I, I i went to school i was a philosophy major like <laughs> i studied fashion like i don't know nothing about the brain like somebody yeah. i need some help how to like deal with all of this like how do i deal being in a high conflict space all the time how do i deal with clients bringing me their problems and issues like all the time
1: and that's one thing i've learned like we're saying two things i'm hearing is First, invest in yourself mm-hmm. in these areas that you don't have strengths in. The other is don't be scared to delegate to the professionals. Yeah, like I deal with plenty of I have plenty of attorney clients, and these guys are smart. with engineer clients that are super smart, mm-hmm. but no one time how to manage their finances. No one taught about investing or planning mm-hmm. for themselves. And they okay we dad gave that to me just like no one time me to come on here.
0: Right. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> exactly. And <laughs> you know what's funny um one of my best friends her dad is an entrepreneur. He was uh he I think he owned maybe I know a soccer indoor soccer in yeah. Socal. Wall. Oh. Yeah, in Socal. And he's done some, he's done some other stuff too like and I saw him probably about 3 or 4 years ago and he um he told me like I I okay so my around like uh, retirement and stuff like mm-hmm. I never really I thought re- planning for retirement and doing all that stuff was associated heavily with like a W two job right mm-hmm. that's all you hear oh yeah I'm working for retirement and the benefits I'm here for the benefits yeah. my retirement blah, blah, blah. and that's only from someone who's been working at a job but when you are an entrepreneur you really don't consider those type of things you don't really think about them as much. And so he gave me really good advice um, and it was just like his retirement was in, some of it was with the financial planner, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: but most of it was in real estate. Mm
1: -hmm. And he's
0: like, yeah, my kids have college houses, you know, my kids, um, um, or, What do you say? Oh, he has retirement house. Yeah. So when it was time for him to say adios to be an entrepreneur, he was just like sell, 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 move it, talk to a financial planner. And, you know, it it was kind of like a you don't have to stress out about um, making enough money to. Stuff in an IRA, it was more so like I got
1: this financial planner, here's my money, do you? Mm-hmm. And I'm gonna go buy this real estate. <laughs> and, the, that was, and the thing is, it's a real plan that I got myself a real financial plan. You know, I, I take in consideration the real estate assets. Mm-hmm. It's I don't care where your money is, If you keep on your 401k and your employer, and I don't get a dollar for managing it. I'm still here to plan for it. Right. All your money's in real estate, I'm still here to plan for it. And what was said, Well, anything I hear is you're talking about this guy, he sounds like a mentor. Mm-hmm. Um, is that um, he's intentional. Mm-hmm. You have to be intentional about right. planning for these things. Yeah. And that's like what financial planning is, and that's just being intentional about what you do with your money. Right. So you can live the lifestyle you want to live. Mm-hmm. So it sounds like some things you picked up growing up in your household is is just, you know, is the peaks and valleys and learning how to manage yourself through the valleys until the next peak is there and, uh, and to spend your money on the things that are important. As far as, you, as your your concern important to you, like in your case, your business mm-hmm. being able to willing to settle for the for the greater good in the long run. Right. Yeah. So let's fast forward a bit from young Calais and the household with her parents. Let's fast forward to uh, a Calais that's a little bit more independent. Let's talk about a time where it might have been in your college years, it might have been before, it might have been after, it might have been when you're starting your business, probably starting your business. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about a time where money got real of you, Calais, and you got smacked in the face with reality.
0: Um I think it was it was uh it all started for me like my first year of college. I wanted a flip phone. I had an
1: old flip phone. <laughs> he dating himself again. Hey, I'm
0: dating him. <laughs> <laughs> I wanted this sprint flip phone stone. Remember
1: the sidekick?
0: We side <laughs> so I wanted okay, so I wanted that flip phone. And so I was like, oh, I'm just gonna go get my own sprint. I wasn't paying no bills at the time, I was yeah. fresh in college. And I was like, let me go get this grant phone. And so I went and got the phone and my mom's like, so you're gonna get a job? And I'm like, oh, wait a minute, I gotta pay this bill. <laughs> She's like, uh yeah. So I got my I got a job. I had a job in high school. So I went back working to the working at that job. And then um I got a better job working with the state, but my it was just like the money would come in. And then I would just have negative a negative balance at the end. Like My <laughs> uh, mom, she used to work at the bank. She's like, "What are you doing with your money?"
1: when <laughs> <for> your mom works <laughs> at the bank and sees everything, right?
0: <laughs> and I was like, "Well, wait a minute. Uh, oh no." She's like, "You don't have no checks coming in. Mm-hmm. Like, you gotta, you get, you work your hours, and you get your money every month, and you need to learn how to budget with that until you get another paycheck." Mm-hmm. And so I was like, well, this isn't, I don't think this is enough. So at that point, it was just like, all right, Kalea made lots of mistakes. Young Kalea made a ton of money mistakes, not not really understanding or um, it's been it, practiced. Because you know how when you watch someone else, like I watch my parents manage their money, do their thing or whatever. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's cool. I could do that, blah, blah, blah. But when that's, you know, theory watching them, but now when you're in your own practice and doing your own thing, it's a little, it's a lot different, mm-hmm. you know, because then you're grown. You want to go out. You you need gas for your car. You trying to kick it with the homies, mm-hmm. you know? So it's it it was a shock. Like that was the first like slap in the face when it came to um like managing money. But then as far as my business goes, um it really got real in my practice when um i wanted to level up yeah so starting a law firm really is in this age super cheap you know the only the main expense you would probably have is probably like your bar dues which is like over 400 bucks a year yeah, yeah. so um uh what i was um arbitrating or going into an arbitration mediation and so um the arbitrator was like okay well here's my fee now I was like five hundred dollars an hour for you <laughs> hold on wait a minute <laughs> um and so I had to go back to the client and was like hey man like you know not only are you paying me but yeah. now we have to pay this guy so and with the being a, a um a law firm you know you you um and taking you know retainers and stuff like that and advance payments you have a trust so you put that's not really your money. You're just holding clients' money and trust until yeah. you earn it. So that really kind of like got me like, okay, let me get get my stuff together because I don't want the bar coming down on my helmet talking about, hey, what's up with this trust? Yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. Yeah,
1: you know, you know these hours haven't been billed yet, but right. the, money, the money's gone. What's right. going on?
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And then I'm like, but then you're like budgeting. So it's a lot of things to budget. Like you have to budget fees. You have to budget arbitrator fees their uh their assistant fees and then you know um like your fees and so it was just a lot going on but then i had to utilize some tech to like keep track and invoices too like trying to manage like receivables
1: that's when we got real and this is this is the yeah, like,
0: wait a minute this bill is not paid but it was like, oh well,
1: your invoice didn't have all the terms and all this stuff, so they think they got time. Right. You're like, uh-uh, and, uh uh. I think that's that's a lot of, that happens to a lot of uh sole practitioners kind of kind of business like ours where we're good at one thing. I'm good at financial planning. Yeah. I'm not necessarily a business owner. Right. I am not I'm not a bookkeeper. Yeah. I'm not I'm like the invoice is like I don't like to be a bad guy, yeah. <laughs> but, but you know, I gotta get paid. Right. <laughs> and and uh, just for the listeners, like the way a retainer works, a lot of times we think a retainer is like you're paid for that ongoing service, but mm-hmm. retainer is just holding money, and you, and you build a retainer essentially, yeah. and pull the money after you've done the work. You just hold that retainer, yep, so they can keep you on without having to contact them every mm-hmm. every couple of months or whatever. right. <laughs> yeah, so no, that that's that's awesome, and you know that 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 reality check as a business owner is big. Oh you know, yeah, it, a lot of people think, "Yeah, you know, I got this skill, I should be okay." Yeah, but it's a lot yeah. more than just having the skill. Yep. Yeah. So, you know, the, the, the word uh, financial success, or success in general means different things to different people. A lot of times it means different people, things to the same people at different times. And as a business owner, most business owners are like type A personalities and always striving for the next mm-hmm. level. And it's, it's hard to feel successful at any point. But mm-hmm. one thing I do know is Kalea today is a lot more successful than Kalea was five, Thank 10 years you. ago. So let's say you had a time machine and you go back in time and talk to Kalea from the past. What are some things you share with her just to make sure she stays the path and makes some of the right decisions financially? And this can't be anything like specific stocks, like hey, buy Amazon, that's the one. <laughs> it can't be anything like that. Oh,
0: uh, It's kind of like no insider trading to yourself. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah, um you know first i would have told her not to get that sprint cell phone yeah. like, keep, the, keep the nokia yeah. it's cool Metro's good.
1: <laughs> keep staying Metro. you
0: don't pay the bill so this is this phone is bomb right here and don't worry about the little pictures picture messaging <laughs> on the flip phone yeah. the pictures ain't nothing compared to the iphone iphone 12 pictures <laughs> yeah. so relax it's cool um and uh so I would tell her, I would tell her to, you know, keep that Nokia. Um, but then I would also kind of like encourage her to like learn about like budgeting and saving mm-hmm. and and learn to control. Like your mind is, is what gets you in trouble most of the time yeah. because you think you need this. You think you need that. And really, you don't need all of that stuff to be. Uh, content in your
1: life, it, you know, as as humans in general, especially in the society that we live in, it's so easy to act on impulse. Yeah, on the thing that you think you want, and then like you didn't even give it a one day waiting period. Yeah, Get, I think that's big on on like you know some things you you plan to purchase. Everyone mm-hmm. plans to purchase major purchases, right? But it's like the spontaneous, mid-sized purchases that throw off people's plans, right? Like, hey, you know what I think? I'm gonna, I'm gonna get my, I'm gonna get my hair done, like for 400 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> Cause that was a 400 bucks that wasn't wasn't planned for anyone's budget. Right. You, know, you work at Grand Falls, and I want that. Right. And it's those little impulse, uh, little impulse decisions that really affect the budget. It's not, it's not me a card at Starbucks, like right. people say. It's not. That's not gonna make a huge impact on your on your business. Right. I mean, on your on your budget, on your money, probably plan going forward. It's those one-time, unplanned-for expenses. Mm-hmm. They really throw people off.
0: Yeah, and and I know for a young me and and a lot of my friends in that time, it was just like about being cool and yeah. seeing and, and and being looked at as somebody who was oh cool. She's cool. She's got the latest dish. She's got that. It's cool. This cool that. And it's like you probably are not going to talk to them people in five years when yeah. you graduate. You might and. I would tell look, you're going to see them on Facebook. Relax. (laughs) So, you know, you don't have to be cool now. Just, you know, stay focused, mind your business. Uh, Don't spend money on things you don't need to spend. Don't get unnecessary credit, you know, um, stay a fashion major because I actually switched my major
1: um, and I should
0: probably would have, should have gotten a business, like a business finance minor, Mm -hmm. but I was a fashion major and then I switched to philosophy because it was it was the least amount of classes that i had to take to graduate okay so i'm like i i'm an a i was a a1 slacker yeah. like easy route you know person so um you know just it's worth it it's worth controlling the urges to purchase those unnecessary things right it's worth uh putting in the time to get the theory um lessons from the degree that is maybe a little bit longer a little bit harder than you know what you want to do um but it all that stuff adds up and it adds value so you're not backtracking like when I when I um uh when I graduated I was still like in the fashion industry like I taught myself how to sew and how to make patterns and all that stuff and I'm like well had I just stayed in school and did that yeah. I wouldn't have to yeah. teach myself and take up that extra time doing it um I would have already, that'd been a skill I already had and I could focus on something else at that time. And then, you know, when I like really do, went, took a deep dive into like the family business, like I really had to like teach myself like corporate finance and, you know, managerial accounting and all that stuff. When it was just kind of like, you should have just stayed in the classes. So <laughs> because the opportunity.
1: No, so to summarize, it sounds like, first of all, being, be uh be intentional with your spending. Mm-hmm. No more impulse buying. Figure out what matters to you, what's important to you. Make sure you're taking that into consideration mm-hmm. when you're doing your budget or your money purpose plan. Let's pause here and hear work from our sponsors, and we'll hop right back into it. Hey, what's going on, guys? It's your host and wealth advisor with Homes Financial, Peyton Boyer. You know, many times what I do for my client is help them secure the peace of mind of knowing they have enough. You know, as millennials, it's easy to feel like we don't have enough enough to secure the financial future we're hoping for and also enjoy our lives now. But that's why one thing I do with all of my clients is what I like to call a money purpose plan and make sure that their current spending is aligned with what's most important to them. That way they're able to enjoy their life now while they track towards their financial goals. If you're interested in securing your money purpose plan, please reach out to me. You can contact me at my phone, 916 271 one nine seven four or email me at payton that's p-a-y-t-o-n at homes h-o-l-m-e-s finn f-i-n.com i look forward to hearing from you let's get back to the show okay hey guys we're back on the millennials of money podcast i'm here with attorney Kalea kirkman and she's just sharing her money story so kalaya um you know, there's a lot going on in the country, and uh, I think race is in the forefront of a lot of people's minds for the first time, and, and sex as well. So, as yourself, as an African American female business owner, business owner who's who is a attorney, who's a law, who's um, it's a tough industry in, in general. Let's talk about what that's been like for you. Have you? What are some things that you came up against that you had to overcome on your journey?
0: Um. So, uh, when I first started doing. Like litigation, that's when it, when the race and sex kind of like slapped me in the face. Really, um, I always knew that there was, like, the odds were stacked against me. Um, but I, I, I didn't recognize them because they were in play. But I never recognized them until I went started going to court and mm-hmm. started dealing with other attorneys. Um my first mediation, I had a um he was probably about maybe a little older than me, white male um opposing counsel who What's his
1: name? No, no, <laughs> no. I'm joking. I'm like, I don't even remember his
0: name. <laughs> I name. I blocked that out. Yeah. Um, but um he um he really he embarrassed me in front of our clients. I've dealt with a lot of that stuff, but then I realized that um i realized that representation matters Mm -hmm. and so i um i've been planning and wanting to like put together a scholarship fund for my law school so that um people can more people can go and afford it um because we need more people like us Mm -hmm. in the court system um more bailiffs like you just need more of us just all over like so like that on the isa uh not isa but what is that the black the black sketch comedy show there is like a whole courtroom was full of black people black <laughs> girls and <laughs> so like we literally need stuff like that in order for us to for it to feel like a safe space for us yeah you know yeah. um because nobody should be questioned like are you an attorney all the time going to the same courtroom going to the same courthouse all mm. the time you know or belittled in front of uh you know other attorneys and the public that that are there so it just really um like that's been my experience and it's just it was really hard to grasp in the beginning
1: yeah
0: but then um now that i've kind of settled into my niche and i'm i know i've been in that kind of industry business industry for a long time like i pretty much command respect at, like, negotiations. Yeah. Because I'm like, dude, like, I know more of you, you're probably gonna say all the, throw these racial things all up of my head, which I don't care. And we're still gonna beat you. You know? Yeah, so... oh, I love
1: that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that. <laughs> and no, I've dealt with the same thing as a black man myself and in my industry. And, like, the same thing is, like, when you know taxes, like, mm-hmm. everyone is like, oh, I'm just gonna shut up. He you knows he's talking about mm-hmm. Like, but, and it, it feels good. And this is, I'm. appreciate you sharing that because someone like you or myself, we've dealt with this thing our whole lives. Like, yeah, like that story does does not surprise me at all. Mm-hmm. But people who are on the other side of the fence might not know this kind of stuff goes along, goes yeah. around, goes around. So, I appreciate you sharing that. Secondly, um, you mentioned when you first started, like the, the opposing attorney really trying to belittle you for being it might be being black or might be being, being for being a woman, but he was trying to belittle you and just try to make you look bad mm-hmm. and just kind of. To hurt your character and discourage you in a sense. Right. And you, you weren't discouraged, you stood up for yourself. So what are some things you can say for some of the younger people who are, who are you talked about? People like your young colleagues who are trying to get mm-hmm. step in the industry, whether they be female, whether they be African-American, what are some things that you can say to help prepare them? And then also not not make sure they're not going to get discouraged when that kind of stuff does happen, because more than likely it will happen.
0: Right. So I grew up playing sports. Mm-hmm. Um, I played soccer and softball, basketball, and I think mean, that's it. Um, but uh, sports really kind of shaped my mentality. And so I, for soccer, we used to, and even in softball, so we used to do like game situations. Mm-hmm. So um, we would kind of set it up how it would be um, in the game and we would react, right? Mm-hmm. So we would perfect uh, the reaction. Actions to be certain situations so that when we encountered them, we would be prepared. And also, um, my soccer coach was big on visualization. So he always used to say visualize yourself being great. Mm-hmm. But then also I have a friend now he does mental skills, um, um, consulting. And so visualization is a huge part of, of preparing you for situations like that. Um, because the mind doesn't really know whether you're in that situation or not when you're even when you're visualizing it yeah, you know exactly. so um i've pulled from from that and i would recommend people preparing so imagine yourself in that situation and you have to imagine like every possible thing like you know my friend will always be like so what does the courtroom look like who's there? Um, you know, what does it smell like? Just getting the visuals of that in your head and preparing for how to react in those situations. So, you know, if you're taking some time to kind of prepare for a hearing, you would visualize that hearing and then visualize the judge asking you, like, are you an attorney? You know, yeah. visualize the judge, you know, trying to embarrass you in front of everybody else, visualize opposing counsel trying to embarrass you at the negotiation table. How do you react? How does that make you feel so that you can kind of control that in a in a safe environment mm-hmm. so that when you are placed in that, you automatically know what to
1: do? No, I love that. I love that you shared that. And visualization is huge. And at that point, because you can really sit there and meditate, and visualize something where, to the point where it's I've been here before Mm -hmm. and and you know how you're going to react and I go as far to visualize multiple outcomes Mm -hmm. so I know okay so I know how I'm going to react to each outcome I know people pretty well Uh, throughout life people learn to know the way people are going to react to things and that's huge that visualization Yeah. so we're coming up to the end of this uh, podcast I really enjoyed having you on I think it's been really great for us I enjoyed this and so did the audience
0: I appreciate you
1: so let's come to the last question um you know, the word financial success this podcast is all about financial success for millennials. The word financial success means different things, to different people, like I said earlier, and different things to the same people at different times. But uh, Kalea, today, uh, what does financial success look like for you? And I don't mean from a dollar amount or a, a asset amount, but from a quality of life. So what does a financial success look like, look like to you?
0: Uh, it It looks like uh working smarter not Mm -hmm. harder (laughs) uh having multiple streams of income coming in with not too much effort um and just being able to pay your bills and go on vacation and not have to worry about anything like you know not having to worry about auto pay coming in (laughs)
1: like
0: what's that dude in again (laughs) no let it come it's cool i got it no problem i don't even think about it be like oh okay send an email alert like oh my car's paid okay cool yeah. You know, like that's that's what it will look at look like for me. Like not stressing over the cash flow, not having any cash flow problems at all. Having things set up to automatically run on on their own, and then not even have to worry about like uh, retirement. Just kind of like handing that football off to you and letting you do your thing, and then just be like, hey, Peyton, how is my finances? Like every once in a while, you know, um, just not stressing over over it. and just living within creating like a small means, you know, like just living within your means, enjoying life, not stressing over, trying to keep up with the Joneses. Yeah. And just, you know, not, not worrying about, you know, the auto pay you yeah, No, yes.
1: Yeah. So just to kind of summarize, <laughs> we kind of reiterate, make sure I heard you right. Um, it sounds like that quality of life looks like to you. The, the word that came to mind as you're describing was peace of mind. Yeah. You're having the peace of mind, knowing your bills taken care of, mm-hmm. having free time. That sounds like big to you because you said uh, working smarter, yeah. not harder. the end of the day, working <laughs> smarter, not harder comes down to having free time to enjoy yourself. Yeah, for sure. And still keep the business running. Yeah. But sufficiently like And then at that point, just greasing the joints. and Yeah,
0: because oh, yeah, it elevates. You know, right. when you start, you're grinding. Yeah. It's all It's all out grind. And then as you get, more established and as you get older you know you start to think about like dang do i want to like die
1: grinding and that's why <laughs> i like talking i talk to my clients especially my business is about like what is that you do great and you enjoy mm-hmm. and let's try to spend as much time as much time as we can doing that yeah for sure and that's that's the delegation comes in at that point yep and you know you want to ask your client i ask my clients like take something it doesn't have to be a finance portfolio, portfolio, something you don't like to do but it has to be done and delegate to somebody each year. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, you should be spending majority of your time in that thing that you do uniquely well and you enjoy it. Yeah. But Kalea, I really appreciate you having on this show. Being, I really appreciate you being on the show. I Thanks really enjoyed me. it. Appreciate you. Um, uh, for anyone who's out there who's looking to start a business and wants to know what to do to get go in the right places, I'll leave Kalea's contact information the show notes if it's all right with her. Yeah. Like, okay. Yeah. Feel free okay. to reach out. She's a great girl. She'd love to talk to you. A great woman, I apologize. That's sexist. It's a, so cool. a great, a great, <laughs> great one. All right, you guys have a blessed one. Bye.
0: Bye.
1: Congratulations, guys. You've officially made it to the disclosure portion of the show. I'm an investment advisor representative of securities offered through Bertha of Fisher and Company. Financial Services, Inc. BFCFS member finrus-s I P C Homes Financial is independent of BFCFS. Thanks and have a blessed week.